Amen. You may be seated. Well, when I was uh, with you last, uh, we talked to you about overcoming temptation. Overcoming temptation. Understanding that temptation is um, an obstacle that the enemy uses to endeavor to trip up believers, to ensnare them, to distract them from doing the will of God. Unfortunately, uh, there are some who uh, get distracted by temptation and they never recover. Well, there are a lot of reasons why they don't. Consider offense. Consider guilt. Condemnation. They get entrenched in that, and those are vulnerable places because when we're in those places, we are so much easily tempted by the enemy. And he uses those as tools. There are, the, the Bible actually talks about three enemies of God. The world, the devil, and the flesh. Say that. The world, the devil, and the flesh. Say, that's my enemy. Well, I think that Believers, Christians, don't have a real hard time figuring out that the devil is an enemy. I think most of us have that figured out. But it seems to me that sometimes where the world and the flesh is concerned, it seems to me that, that Christians will uh, partner with and team up with the world and, 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 and the flesh. I mean, they, they become buddies almost, it's so much so that it's sometimes hard to distinguish whether a, a, a Christian is in the kingdom of God or, or the kingdom of the world or the kingdom of the flesh. Now, I know y'all looking at me, but you got you to gotta acknowledge you got flesh on. And you also have to acknowledge that you're in this world. And you also have to acknowledge that because Satan, according to 2 Corinthians 4.4, is the god of this world system, that there can be distractions, and as a result, there can be temptations. Now look, this is what... <laughs> I started to laugh when I, when I started to preach because <laughs> I think about things sometimes, and I say, are you going to say that? Yes, I'm going to say it. This is what 1 Corinthians 10.13 says. It says, therefore, let no one, let him who thinks he stands, take heed. <laughs> take heed, lest he fall. Now, why would uh, Paul being inspired by the Holy Ghost, put that in the Bible. Let him who thinks he stands take heed. Well, I think he put it there because, you know, we have this flesh wrapped around us and we, we live in this world and sometimes we can become dependent on the arm of the flesh and we think that, you know, because of my strength, my power, my ability, my intellect, I can stand. I can take care of this. I got this. Well, let me tell you right now, you don't got it if you're depending on those things to uh, hold you up. 
There is absolutely no way that as believers, as Christians, that we can ever think that without the Holy Ghost and without the Word of God and without the power of God and without the name of Jesus and without the blood of Jesus that we can stand on our own. And so many, so many times Christians are leaving those things, those tools that God has given us. Don't let me get excited up here. <laughs> he has given us to use not only to resist the devil. What, what does our James says? Submit to who? There's absolutely no way you can submit to God without submitting to his word. They are one. You can't separate. They are inseparable. And, and you know, we, we, we sometimes uh, go through our day, we go through our week, we go through our month, and we get a little bit of the word of God. We get a little bit of, come on, y'all. And we have these challenges in our life. And now uh, we say, I got this. Well, let me just let you know, you don't got it. Because it's the word of God that enables us to stand. It's the spirit of God that enables us to stand. So we can't have, uh, I've heard preachers say this, you know, you have a snack here and a, and a snack there of the word of God. And you, you have a, a buffet of uh, 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 CNN news, or, or a buffet, you understand, uh, 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 as the world turned, you have a buffet. Does that still come on? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but y'all get what I'm saying, right? You're spending your time on things that are only feeding the flesh. And you expect, you know, when the temptation come, you expect to be able to resist this temptation. Look, you can't even identify that it is a temptation. You got to have the word of God. You got to have the spirit of God in you to even identify that it is a temptation. I can prove it. And I will prove it from the word. And how subtle, how subtle these things can be, you know, and I believe that the age that we are in today, it, it, it being uh, uh, where, where we are in human history, I believe that things are intensifying. I say, I think that, I think that the, the, the devil, knowing his time is limited, I think that things are being turned up a little bit. The heat. Come on. Come on. Just, just think about it. Look at the things around you. Look at the things that's taking place. I mean, just in your own sphere of influence. If you don't think that, uh, you know, things are intensifying, uh, then you are... Uh, better have another thought coming because they are and so we got to be able to we got to be able to uh, identify when the enemy comes what does what does uh, James uh, 113 say let no man say when he is tempted he is tempted by God for God tempts no man with evil nor can God be tempted with evil but when every man is tempted he's led away by what 
his own lustful desires. Own lustful desires. Now, you got to understand that if you don't have the word of God in you, if you don't have the spirit of God in you, and, and those temptations come, that lustful flesh, those lustful desires will not be able to identify, will not be able to recognize what the temptation is. And so, we, we, we don't want to just go casually about this and think that, you know, uh, I'm okay. Look, Darnell, do not, I do not think that I'm okay. I don't think I'm just okay. And that's why I spend, I spend much time with the Lord. I always have. Always have. See, because I know what I came out of. <laughs> and I know how detrimental it can be. And so because, because of that lifestyle, because of that world influence, I know that it hasn't gone anywhere. The world's influence is still there. You say, well, Darnell, I didn't come out of that. You came out of darkness, and the light is constantly required if you're going to be able to recognize what's going on in the darkness. You got to have the light illuminating all the time. And so, and so I, I, I used to, uh, I used to uh, uh, have the Bible clutched to my chest, and, and I would, uh, in a fetal position, because I knew how valuable this, this is. I know how valuable the Word is. I know how valuable the Spirit of God is. And I would fall asleep with the Word clutched to my chest. And so the devil, the devil is not playing game. He knows his time is limited. And because he knows it, things are intensifying. And so if, if we have not recognized it, all I'm saying is open up your eyes. Come on, church. We're the church. We have a responsibility. And we got to be on our game in order to take on the responsibility that we have so that we can help others come out of that place of darkness that you and I came out of. Can y'all say amen to that? So, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is our text uh, scripture here. It says, Therefore, let him, that's this verse 12 I just quoted. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. And then verse 13, it goes on to say, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Everybody say, God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Now, as I like to do, I, I, I like to give you a definition of the subject here. So, so the uh, subject is temptation. Let me give you a, a definition of temptation. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, temptation is the act of tempting or the state of being tempted, especially to evil. The act of tempting or the state of being tempted, especially to evil. 
It also means enticement. So tempt uh, in the, uh, is a verb, and it, is, it means to entice to do wrong by promises of pleasure or gain. Take a note of that. To entice to do wrong by promise of pleasure or gain. It also means to induce to do something. And it means, I want you to take note of this definition as well because we're going to look at it in the word. It also means to cause to be strongly inclined. To cause to be strongly inclined. Now, when, when we read the definition uh, to entice to do wrong by promise of, uh, promise of a pleasure or gain, that's one means of temptation. But this, one, this uh, last definition I gave you of, of a tempt to cause to strongly incline, that's another means of temptation. And so when I say we got to be able to recognize and identify the temptation because of, of how subtle the enemy is, he can get things in and you don't even recognize it and you're tripped up before you even know it. And as I said, some, some, some Christians have been tempted and never recovered. Come on, you know them. They're called backsliders. Y'all know any backsliders? Continue to pray for them. I say continue to pray for them. So this walk that we are in, this Christian walk of faith, we know that uh, this is not a sprint, right? It's a marathon, meaning that it takes a little bit more time, right? It's not an event. It's the journey. So we are on this journey of faith. And, and being on this journey of faith, God wants us to enjoy it. He don't want us struggling in this. <laughs> he don't want us discouraged. He wants us to enjoy this journey. How many go on trips and end up, uh, well, depending on how far you're going and how many times you use the bathroom, it can be enjoyable. <laughs> That's one thing. That's one thing I do not. When, when I get on the road and I'm driving, I'm focused and I want to get to my destination. Even if I have to use the bathroom, it has to wait. I got to get to my destination. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you see that, that uh, you know, uh, it's a sprint to me. I got to get there. <laughs> but, but God wants us to enjoy this journey. It's the journey of faith. And God, God is saying that he wants this faith to be continually active. So in, in order for us to do that, you got to get some enjoyment out of it. But, but, but you got to also understand that we have opposition, right? And, and, and there, are going to be, there are going to be opportunities for temptation. Now, I say opportunities because it's not a matter of if you're going to be tempted. It's when. It's when. What did we, what did we just quote? Uh, uh, James uh, 1.13, right? Let no man say when he is tempted. It didn't say if, right? So you're going to be tempted. And, and I know sometimes, uh, you know, we're just going about our casual life and, and, and we, don't, we, don't under, we don't recognize that the, uh, the enemy is endeavoring to trip us up on an ongoing basis. So, so it's a journey, right? 
So this being a journey, God wanting us to enjoy this journey, God, God says, say this, y'all. Say, this is the confidence that I have in him, that the good work that he has begun in me, he will complete it until the day of Christ. Okay, so it's a journey, and God has begun this in you, right? And God is faithful to complete it. But we have this opposition, we have these uh, uh, opportunities of temptation, and it's, in, it's endeavoring, the devil's endeavoring to snare us up, trip us up, get us to fall into sin. And some of y'all say, well, I'm not worried, worried about falling into sin. That's when you got to start to worry most. Let him who think he stands. Right? So, so 1 Corinthians uh, 10, 13. So what I did with this, uh, this uh, verse here, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I dissected it, and if, if y'all recall, I gave you six points that we extracted from uh, this verse, right? And I believe that these six points are not only going to be encouraging to you, but it's also going to uh, help you to know how to navigate the situation when you're confronted with temptation. So, so what are the six points? Point number one, the temptation cannot take you. The temptation cannot take you, meaning it can't seize you. The temptation can't seize you or force you to yield to it. The temptation itself cannot do that, nor can the, the tempter. Right? Point number two, the temptation that you are confronted with is common to man. That's good news. And we'll talk about uh, these. Point number three, God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. Point number four, there is a limit. <laughs> there is a limit. Number five, a way out is provided. A way out is provided. So, so, so doesn't, it, doesn't it stand to reason that if a way out is provided, then uh, it would mean that you have to recognize it, right? You got to recognize that way out. But not only recognize it, but you got to identify it so you can uh, receive it and embrace it so you can get out, Right? And, and point number six, you can handle it. You can handle it. So, some, some Christians, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm not picking on uh, believers. I'm just uh, stating a fact here, right? But, but we can, uh, as I said, uh, recognize the devil. Uh, we don't, do not want to uh, team up with the flesh and team up with the world. Of course, you know, uh, Ephesians tells us to give no place to the devil, right? So we got that covered. Don't give him any place. But, but, but uh, Scripture also tells us that, that he that is a friend to the world is what? Is an enemy of God. An enemy of God. And Corinthians, uh, Corinthians uh, says this, uh, 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 one twenty nine. it says that no flesh... No flesh shall glory in the presence of, of the Lord. So we got to understand some things here uh, about the flesh in the world. 
Because those, I think, I think that we, we kind of let our guard down sometimes on those. So we got we to gotta know uh, and recognize when uh, the, the enemy, those, those are actually, those are the two avenues, the flesh and the world, those are the two avenues that the devil uses to access our life so that he can tempt us. So if you are, are too close to the world, then you are more easily tempted. If you are dependent on the arm of the flesh, then you are easily tempted. So he uses those two avenues, the flesh and the world. They're enemies. Everybody say, I know my enemy. So we broke these down, right? So the first point was that that temptation cannot take you. So if y'all recall, I gave you a, uh, a Greek definition of the word taken. No temptation has taken you. I gave you a Greek definition. The uh, Greek word for taken there in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is lambano, lambano. It means to seize or recover. It also means to get a hold of, get a hold of. Now, if, if you're using it subjectively uh, or passively, it means to have offered to one, have offered to one. So do, are y'all are following me here? Have offered to one. And it's a, it's a verb meaning to receive, accept, take. Now, let's look at this, right? So, lambano. No temptation has taken you. No temptation can seize you. No temptation can force you. No temptation can get a hold of you. So, uh, in the verb form, it is, it is uh, saying that it is offered to you. So, what does the devil do? He puts it out there in front of us, right? Come on, y'all haven't been saved all your life. He puts it out there in front of us, right? And he offers. He offers, right? And in order for, in order for to have any influence whatsoever over my life or your, your life, you have to take it. You have to receive it, accept it, the temptation, right? Now, now, I think we understand that, that this whole thing about temptation, that's the process also. It's the process. <laughs> you say, how do we, I know that? Well, uh, there again in James uh, 1.13, it talks about conceive. Right? Having a baby is a process. Right? So, so it's not like, um, I remember Pastor Andy said this. He was preaching, and he was talking about going to the gym and how some of the ladies at the gym is dressed, right? Right? And, and, and uh, you know, I mean, they can be dressed a little loose, I'm sure. That's why I have my gym in the house. <laughs> huh? A little tight, he says. They can be dressed a little tight, right? So, so, so. This, this is his system, you know, to not be uh, distracted or tempted by that. Uh, he's going to the gym to work out, you know, to a, a body bill. Uh, he's not going to the gym to be distracted, correct? So his system is, uh, you look once, you're okay. But if you look twice, you could be in trouble. Y'all meditate on that. 
you could be in trouble. Right? Let me show you something. Genesis 1, right? Genesis chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 3 and verse 1. This is the very first time that anyone was tempted. Right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. New King James Version. Now, now we understand that the flesh consists of what? Touch, taste, sight, hearing, and smell. Right? Now the serpent, that would be the devil, was uh, more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said, all right, the serpent, the devil said. So what is he doing? Appealing to her hearing, right? He said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Eat, peel into a taste, right? And the woman said to the, to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you what? Touch it. <laughs> touch it. Right? Five senses. So, so we, we, we understand that this is, this is the flesh. Right? This is what the enemy appeals to. The flesh. You should not touch it lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. I thought that was interesting because he was right in one, in one sense because they did not immediately die physically, right? So uh, the deception was, you will not surely die, <laughs> but they died spiritually. Recognize, identify. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, of its, the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open. There's a sight, right? And you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. Okay. I gave you a definition a few minutes ago, right, of temp temptation. And that definition was enticed by promise of gain, right, or pleasure. Now, you, you, you look at this passage that we're reading here, and the devil is using both on the first couple to be tempted. The pleasure is the fruit, right? And then he says that you will be like God. So there's a promise to gain something here, right? To be wise as God is. And so he's appealing to those five senses. He's appealing to their flesh, right? And so we read on here, and it says, so when the woman, what? Are y'all in the New King James Version? When the woman what? Saw. When she saw sight. That the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes. And a tree desirable, desirable to make one wise. She what? She took. So notice that the enemy, the devil did not make her do anything. He did not force her to do anything. She took. 
She accepted. She received. After being appealed to her sight, her hearing, right, taste, right? So he's talking to her, but know that, you know, through this conversation, there's a process going on. You know, the devil, the devil, uh, he is very, very good at human behavior. In other words, he knows that if you do this, if he, or rather, if he does this, you're going to do this. Now, you don't have to do that, right? But he knows that if you do, then I already have something set up for you over here. And so we have to break that habit, that, that, the habits of, a, of a, you know, falling into the trap. Who's that humming over there? <laughs> because, again, Holy Ghost, Word of God, you got to have it in there. It keeps us out of the snare of the enemy. It keeps us from being uh, distracted and deceived. The word of God. So, so she took up uh, of its fruit and ate. Well, there it is. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. She took, she ate. But listen, Jesus said, even if you look upon a woman, you have what? Right? So that's where, that's where the, the, uh, the, the whole process was taking place. She had already uh, acted on it before she acted on it, if you can understand that. So, so, so she took and she ate. She also gave it to her husband. And he ate. Now, 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 Adam is standing there listening to all of this, right? And though the, the devil, the serpent, was not addressing Adam directly, yet Adam heard everything that was being said. So, so this is what you want to take away from uh, what took place with Adam. What you want to take from that is, it's not only important what you are hearing, but what you sometimes overhear. Overhear. What do I mean by that? Look, sometimes you can just be going about your business and you hear something over here, and the devil uses that to process temptation. And you take it. You take it. We were talking about recognizing and identifying how the enemy works. Paul says that we are not to be ignorant. We're not to be ignorant of his devices. And, and, so, and, so, and so let him who think he stands take heed. Take heed. Because sometimes we think that we, can, we got it all together. And, and, the, and the enemy is working to, look, though his time is limited right now. He's been doing this so long until he can wait. He can wait. Is there, is there something? Is there something that someone has been processing 
in their in their minds, in their thought life. And the Holy Spirit has let you know that this is not right. This is not right. And yet, you continue to think about it. You continue to entertain it. And so, it's a trap. I'm going to tell you right now. It's a trap. And because the power of God is on the inside of you, because you have the name of Jesus, because you have the authority to resist that, you better put it to work. You better put it to work because it's a trap. It's a trap. You entertain thoughts like that, impure thoughts, unclean thoughts, it's a trap. And the enemy works to trip you up. So you, you get on it. Resist it. But know this. You got to use the word. You got to use the word on it. Submit to the word. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. So Adam and Eve... They get tripped up, right? That's a pretty serious uh, consequence. Here we are. But thank God for Jesus. <laughs> I said, thank God for Jesus. God always had a plan. God is never without a plan. God had Jesus already prepared. Oh, the lamb who comes to take away the sins of the world. He has not changed. Yeah, one of, one of, the, one of these uh, points is God is faithful. <laughs> God is faithful. So, so one, more, one more passage here uh, uh, about this whole um, flesh thing and, and the five senses. Turn to Second uh, uh, Samuel. Second Samuel eleven. Second Samuel eleven. And we're going to look at verse verse um, one. So it says, and it came to pass, this is New King James, and it came to pass after the year had expired at the time when kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and, and besieged uh, Rabbah, but David tarried still in Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house and from the roof, he what? He saw, right? A woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent messengers, and he did what? He took. And she came to him, and he laid with her, for she was clean, cleansed from her impurities, and she returned to her house. So we see here that King David, 
He's the king. Kings are not exempt from temptation. <laughs> and neither are you. So, so we see here, David, he's hanging out, right, in Jerusalem. And uh, he goes on the top of his roof. Now, we said this, the devil knows the behavior of people. Uh, you don't think that it was a coincidence <laughs> that Bathsheba was taking a bath when David is on the roof of the king's house, right? And, and, the, and the Bible says that he saw. Well, obviously, David did not just look once. Huh? He saw, and he got engulfed in what he was looking at. And the process began. So much so that he sent for uh, Bathsheba, and they told him who this woman was. So he knows that, that you know, that this is the wife of one, one of his fighting men. He knows this. So it's not like, it's not like David, uh, you know, made a mistake and, and, and she was just uh, some single woman, you know. Uh, I mean, he's in sin, even if it's a single woman. Well, maybe not back in that time, huh? <laughs> he was still in sin, trust me. So, 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 but this is, this, this is uh, Uriah's wife. And the Bible says that he saw. He saw. Look, you got to be conscientious of what your five senses are doing because your five senses, you understand, that is the access. That's the avenue. Oh, I guess I'm just preaching to myself. I guess I'm the only one who ever get tempted. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Let no man say when. When we're believers, we are going to be tempted because there is a, a plan, there is a purpose, there is a destiny that God has for each and every person in this room. And if you don't think that it's going to be uh, opposed by the enemy, and if you don't think that he's going to use temptation to oppose you, if you don't think that the devil is out to trip you up, And so, and so David saw, and he sends for her, right? And she comes, and the Bible says that he laid with her. Now, she had just gone uh, through her uh, 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 cleansing period, so she got pregnant. And then he's got, he tried to cover it up. So we see that once that sin had uh, seeded in David's uh, thinking, once it had seeded, he commits the sin, and now other sins follow. And, and, and as a result, as a result, David had trouble for the rest of his uh, time in life, really. You say, well, it's just one mistake. It's not that bad. There are consequences to sin. It impacted his entire household. 
his entire kingdom, his family. We, we got to recognize what the enemy is doing. But we also have to recognize why he's doing it. It's to ensnare you and trip you up and hinder the will of God from being fulfilled in your life. You say, well, the will of God for my life is not that great. Listen, anything that God has called anyone to do in his kingdom is great because it all fits in the puzzle. And we don't, we don't want to just disregard, you know, what we believe that God has called us for, big or great. It's all vital. It's all important. It's all significant to him. And not, so, and not only that, but your life is significant to him. And sin is meant to destroy lives. That's why Jesus went to the cross so that you don't have to fall into sin. Can y'all 